Hello again. Welcome to Tell Me. This episode of Tell Me, I'm talking to Josh Ostrowski, otherwise known as the Fat Jewish. Super fun conversation. I mean, you guys know that I love pop culture, and he is as funny and as quick as they come. Josh is starting a new venture. It's called Future Bank which I'm excited to see what it is because he wants to change the way banking is done. He's just really smart, really fun, and just thinks in a different way. Any disruptor of any old institution, I'm here for. I hope you enjoy this conversation. What's up? Pompeo, what's up? Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. We saw each other at the 4th of July party in the ham. Mm-hmm. But I was like, yeah, I want you to do my podcast so bad. I want you to do it. And like, it literally took us 10 months. It's practically July 4th again. Honestly, I just want to say your entrance at that party unintentionally was like the most flames entrance that anyone had at the entire FET, which is a word I've never used before. But like you pulled up, at least the room I was in, you were walking with Beyonce and she was hysterically laughing at something you were saying. And I was like, oh, oh, so Pompeo's just going to pull up and have Beyonce just LOLing like all over the place. And we were all like, damn. And there were like a lot of people at that party, whatever. People were like, Pompeo just came through. I was like, Beyonce would never laugh at anything I ever said. So, you know, mazel to you. That was fine. Thank you, darling. That was a great intro. You should do the podcast, dude. (laughs) That party was so fun because everybody there was just so excited to be out. Like, everybody was dressed up. The weather was hot. The music was bumping and having a good time. Right. Everyone was ready to rip because it had been like over a year. Yeah, for sure. But I have to say, you know, when you're in these rooms, the truth is when you get to go into some of these rooms that we get to go into and you're with these people that are the best at what they do, there's just a buzz in the room. You're around goats and that's exciting. Mm -hmm. And yes, people were super excited to be out that night, but it's also like who's in the room make or breaks the party. Look, as the official Z-list celebrity of that party, let me tell you, (laughs) I was feeling wild frequencies for sure because I'm like the least famous person there. And like, yeah, it's fire. Like these people have like a real actual magnetism. Like I did pull up in the assless other chaps. So like I was feeling myself, (laughs) but like those types of people, they're on that level because they're absolutely fucking killer. They sent me to the White House Correspondents Dinner. And so I was all up in there. And it was like when I had the like hair erection on my head, like the big sort of head kind of dildo. Uh-huh. And I guess it was like Ariana Huffington like sent me up in there. She wanted to like make a scene. She was trying to like just spice it up a little bit because that thing is like a total snooze fest. So they put me in there. And so he's like on his way out of office. And so he's in like a great mood. I guess he hates the White House Correspondents Dinner, but he's in a good mood because this is his last one. Right. And so it's just like that party we were at. Like everyone's more famous than me. I'm standing next to like Tom fucking Brady and like Jeff Goldblum is being like the most Jeff Goldblum being like, oh, like, uh, like doing a Jeff Goldblum thing that he does wearing like a leather blazer. And <laughs> I'm in there. And for some reason, Obama basically just comes right up to me and he's like, what's up with the haircut? <laughs> so I got, you know, this big thing. And I'm like, 
So in that photo, we shake hands and I'm pointing at my hair and I swear to God, I go, I call it the hair-rection. And I think he genuinely laughed. Like, I think that's a real laugh. I mean, he definitely thought I was like a big fat clown man, but like he's the president and Obama. So like, I was totally down for that. And then he like yells across the room and he's like, Michelle, like, you think I should grow this when I get out of office? And she's like, <laughs> totally. And then Goldblum's going like, you should grow it. And I'm like, this is fucking crazy. Like, what's going on? And then they put you in like a backdrop with him later to get your like official photo. And so in that moment, the girl who like ran relations with him was like, I know your style. I know you want to like do something crazy and like get some content. But like, I swear to God, a man will kill you. Like, don't try to do anything nuts because like you'll be murdered by like a professional marksman. And so we get into the backdrop and I was like, you know what? I'm never going to be here again. I'm just going to go for it. And I was like, hey, uh, in the photo, you should grab the hair erection. And he just turned to me and he just went, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> He was basically just like, we had our moment, you big fat adult baby clown boy. That's like too much. But I was like, I got to go for it because this is never, ever going to happen again. So it was a beautiful moment. I'm a big fan. But that guy's got an energy. man. That guy's got all kinds of vibes. And he smells amazing. He definitely does. I met him at Oprah's. Nice. You know, no one had really known him. And Oprah had an event for people to get to meet him. It was a big event, you know, probably 200 people at her estate in Montecito. And, you know, he just had this air of coolness about him. Are you saying that you're kind of into Obama, like before he was mainstream, like when he was indie? Like he was like cool and indie and like an unknown. Before everyone liked Obama, you kind of knew about Obama. That's fine. I can't take all that credit. Like Oprah invited me to the crib. So I was like, yeah, of course. I'm going to go check out the 40 acres in Montecito. No doubt. Got to pull up. I love a house. <laughs> I love houses. <laughs> love houses. So I was like, yeah, of course. But it was like, come meet this man, Barack Obama, who's going to run for the presidency. And so, yeah, there was a couple of like musical performances. She had a whole stage set up. It was like Oprah Cella. I was like, this is all her backyard. God, honestly, the soil is so fertile back there. God, <laughs> the shit that's being grown back there. God, yo, her produce basket game is berserk. The cabbage? Oh, my God. The corn? <laughs> Don't get me started. It must be like the most chef's kisses you could give to a piece of corn. It's true. Her garden game is on point. Oh, it's berserk. You know, a lot of people, gardening is hot. A lot of people started gardening in the pandy. They should take notes because like her rhubarb? Oh, berserk. I don't like rhubarb. Do you like rhubarb? No. Here's the thing. If I'm like at a function, I'm down. I'll eat anything. Like I'm like a baby. If you put it in my hand, I'll eat it. But if someone was like, do you want to choose a dessert? Rhubarb is not in the top 1000. Absolutely not. Although, is it Oprah's rhubarb? Totally different story. Right. It's kind of true. It's like the Obama moment. You have a moment. Are you going to eat the pie? <laughs> You're taking a photo. Are you going to ask me to grab your hair? Why not? Why not? And like I didn't get killed. And he completely sunned me. And frankly, it was beautiful. We had a beautiful moment. So I cherish it. And now you have a story. Totally. And I had a lot of other things planned for that, but I felt like I honestly might be killed. So my tuxedo at that thing was tearaway. I had a specially designed so it would rip off. <laughs> and I had a whole outfit underneath. Because once I talked to this woman from comms, I was like, she's a good person to talk to. Because she was like, I'm a fan of yours. Like, I love your Instagram. But like, I don't want you to get murdered. So like, why don't you run it by me? And so you can kind of see it under the jacket. I never tore off the thing. And I had like more of a speed but it didn't feel right. But that jacket was a big hit also because actually I'm in a Jewish motorcycle club called Mazel Tough and that's our jacket. So it was a hit, but with the Speedo thing been a hit, I don't know. But I also may have been tackled at full speed. It was unclear. So I backed down, but memories were made regardless. 
It's those moments that you take advantage of. Is that why you got kicked out of two schools? Honestly, thrown all up out of there. You know what? Don't go to liberal arts school. There's only like 3,000 kids if you're like trying to completely dumb out everyone knows. And then like when you sleep with someone, they're friends with the next person that you might sleep with. So like that doesn't work out either. Just go somewhere bigger and more fun where they have like red cups and that kind of stuff. So I did get thrown out of there for shooting like a potato out of a tennis ball machine. You know, like real classic <laughs> Van Wilder style antics. And so, yes, I did get thrown out of there. I actually ended up after that transferring to the State University of Albany. I wanted to go to a state school you know, met a bunch of like incredible lit Jersey Shore style, like Italian Americans, Italian X. And that was way more fun. So I was officially thrown out for the tennis ball machine, like potato incident, which, you know, again, I'm proud of that. Yeah, you have a story. I'm doing this for the stories. I used to have a thing on my Instagram where if you DM'd me and invited me somewhere, I would go like no money, tell me where to be and I'm going. And I met so many incredible mentally ill special maniacs and like I officiated tasteful weddings. I ended up just in the weirdest places with the weirdest people. And I definitely like could have been in danger because I'd go by myself, just invite me and I'm there because like, let's do it for the memes. We're making memes and got to get a story out of it. So I definitely got into a lot of weird shit. I mean, I feel like you're really like an OG of social media. I feel like you're not on it that much. So are you so busy as a winemaker now and seller of wine companies that you're too busy for the gram? Because I feel like you're pre-TikTok. Yeah, I mean, the kids think I'm like 4,000 years old. But like some kid came up to me a couple weeks ago named like Swag Jesus the Drip God or something. And he was like, fat you, man, you a OG, dude. And I was like, honestly, I really appreciate this. But you're definitely just calling me washed for sure. That's also what that means. And he was like, yo, when I was a kid, man, yo, damn, your content. And I was like, when you were a what? Like, how old were you in 2016? Like, are you serious? I'm the world's biggest TikTok fan. Like, honestly, my For You page is curated beautifully. It's just like guys who like snuck cell phones in their butts into prison who are doing dances. And like, I'm watching a German man with tiny glasses who like reviews different brands of water. Everything on there is fire. But like, it's a thin line. You know, you come through elder geriatric millennial style you can catch yourself in some deep cringe if you're like not careful. So I'm like addicted to the Chinese spyware, but I'm not actually on it. And I sold the wine company and then like unbelievably people started taking me seriously, which is just so funny in itself. And we're like, what's the next company? At first I was like, I'll make something up and do the stupidest possible thing and just not care. It'll be hilarious. But then I was like, you know what? I actually want to do something people give a shit about. Because the thing about wine was like wine was popping and it was amazing. And like we were the first sparkling wine in a can. And I was like doing appearances at day clubs, like pouring cans of rosé on myself. I had a lot of fun, but I never cared about wine. Like the people want rosé in a can. You know, they're trying to shotgun it, whatever. After that, I was like, you know, I want to do something I actually care about. So I started another company and we're like kind of a bank. It's called Future. And we basically do like everything you could ever want. Payroll and invoicing and taxes and all the shit. Because no one knows how to do anything. Everyone's super smart and knows how to do their thing. But how do you do your fucking taxes? When we started the wine, we had no clue how to do shit. And so I have like 50 employees and like a woman who went to an Ivy League school is like showing me a graph and being like, what do you think? What are your thoughts? And I'm like, my thoughts are that you're way smarter than me. I have no clue what you're talking about. And like, also go off. And this is insane. I think I've gotten so deep in the troll now that I'm not sure where I even am anymore. Because now I just run a bank. And like, it's obviously cool. People really want to work there because like, you can wear assless chaps to work if you want or whatever. It's definitely a really fun and sick place to work. But I wanted to do some shit people actually need. But I'm in like meetings. It's horrible. And I'm just trying to be on Instagram, like dumbing out. So I will be coming back shortly, but I've been like looking at a chart 
Well, listen, a couple things. First of all, you also made a person. That's pretty meaningful, right? You had a kid? I did have a kid. I have like all kinds of sick content getting huge likes. Everybody loves babies. And so, you know, it was half because I wanted to have a child and half for the likes. Right. Yeah. You're doing it for the likes. Good looking kid, man. Good for you. Yeah. Shockingly, like blonde hair, blue eyes. No one in my family has blonde hair, or blue eyes. So someone's not telling me something, but that's fine. I'll take responsibility for him. He's fucking cool. He knows how to party. But yeah, he's way cuter than anyone had expected. So the fact that my jizz works and he's cute, people are shocked. Mostly me. Yeah, yeah. You just keep stepping in it, man. You just get lucky and lucky and don't know how you did it. (laughs) You know, I have a 12-year-old and when she comes home from school, she like complains about algebra. And I'm like, do they teach you how to do your taxes? Do they teach you how Wall Street works? Do they teach you how to invest in what interest looks like and tell what mortgage rate is good? Like, do they teach you any practical math at all? And she just looks at me and she's like, no, mom, none of it is practical because unless you're going to be, I don't know, a scientist or build rocket ships, what's the algebra actually for? And you're a perfect example of what my problem with school is. Like the practical stuff that you need to know out in the world, you have all that. You have all the wit, you have all the sense of humor, you have the smarts where it matters. Like I'm so confused by how school has not evolved. Obviously, there's fundamentals that people need to know, but where's the balance? And maybe that's why Instagram took off and social media took off and TikTok, because these kids are dying to see other shit. Yeah, I mean, look, not even to like talk about the thing I'm doing, but that's part of the reason because all these 20-somethings now are on some like, thank God I know what fucking photosynthesis is. Like, thank God I know what cells are inside of a leaf. I literally have no idea how to do my taxes or what taxes even are or like manage my own finances. How do I do anything? And so I'm so stupid. Like my brain is a garlic knot rolling around in my head. Like I never learned a single thing. And so we're now giving them all the tools that they can actually go. And it's cool to be like, I want to work on a beach in like Lisbon or whatever. But like, you need actual tools and things that are going to help you do that because no one knows how to do anything. It's just like impossible to learn. Like, what is a mortgage? So like, we're basically doing it all for you so you can focus on the shit that you want to do. And then secondarily, like, that's why TikTok is so litty because it's funny because as much as adults love being like TikTok, it's like a dancing app. And I'm like, dog, this is literally the only place kids have ever wanted to learn anything. It's literally a girl being like, did you guys know that JFK got shot? Like, it was lit. And I'm like, yo, they're literally learning shit. They're learning the most amount of stuff from TikTok. All of a sudden, kids are like interested in history. They're like, did you guys know like about the Civil War? And like, it's got millions of views. And kids are like, this is wild. Didn't know about this. And I'm like, no, you guys did know about this because it was like in a book that you didn't fucking look at or didn't care about. And now there's some killer content. And all of a sudden you're like, JFK, sick. I should look into this. So like they're down to fucking rip on some learning. They just, I don't know. It's got to be on TikTok. Well, I feel like they're interested in learning in the context they have from outside sources, which is like, yeah, if you read about the Civil War in a book and it told you a bunch of lies about what was going on and what all those guys who wrote the Constitution and the slave owners, the way it's in books is A, not accurate and B, pretty boring. Totally. But in the context of all these Netflix documentaries and all of these other pieces of content that they have access to now, it's like, oh, we can actually see the Civil War from a different point of view, not that boring bunch of lies in the textbook. They have all this other context that makes these historical events more interesting to them. 
thank God they get to see it through a different lens. Right. And now they're like engaging with it and they're getting actual tea and they like know what's popping. And all of a sudden, like everybody's interested. And that's really fire. That's why TikTok is like the number one sickness. I'm kind of on the other side of things now. Like now I have a company and it's sick. It's like now I can like give money to like kids to go and make content, like do shit. Like I've moved to the other side. You know, five, six years ago, which is, I guess, like apparently 175 years ago in internet time, Craftsman Tool was paying me to like sit in a giant bowl of chili and promote their tools. And now I can pay these kids to like go and make really sick shit, which I really love because I guess I was OG influencers. Like, sorry, not sorry. It's nice to be able to like enable them to go and like actually create shit and do shit. Like kids are learning and we've moved so far away from like, look at this avocado toast. Yeah, well, it's your evolution, which is one of my favorite words ever. Your evolution is meaningful because you took that, built the foundation, and now moving on and enabling young people to do their version of it. So did you consciously evolve? Like, did you say, what's my next move? No, I'm definitely not like a founder. I'm definitely not like weird Elizabeth holmes this shit. It was a mix. When it came to like Instagram and like Z-list celebrity and shit like that, that was hyper-planned because... I knew that there was only going to be so long that people were going to be interested in me on that level. Because one, people's attention spans were shortening, right? And there was always going to be something new and something fucking funny and lit. And like, let's be honest, I'm not fucking Matt Damon over here. How long are young people really going to be fully obsessed with a guy with a dildo on his head and his internet content? Like I knew that that had a limited window and I was going to need to create something that was way more meaningful that I could take with me. And so I was hyper aware of how shitty I was on that level and like how fleeting that could be. Yo, I'm not Ellen Pompeo, dog. No way. It was never going to happen for me. Also, I didn't want to be internet famous for all that long because it was psychotic and so hectic because that's a different kind of fame. Real fame, like normal, like TV, movie, whatever, athlete fame can be super chaotic good. Internet fame is chaotic evil. It is mental out there. And I met like full maniacs and like only did the sickest shit and I'm happy for it, but I did not want to do that forever. And you can see now YouTubers and some of these people start to like really age out and they really don't know exactly what they should be doing because you turn 30 and people are like, um, you're basically fucking George Washington. Like you're 1000 years old, put a powdered wig on. And so I was hyper conscious that I need to build something that I could actually fucking take into the future because like the hair erection was not going to last forever. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, listen, I felt like that too. You know, being on Grace for so long, you know, you think the kids think you're old. I mean, man, I have like kids that are in med school that cry when they see me what? and they're like, oh my God. I mean, full on doctors. Like people have gone to full on high school, <laughs> med school, specialty, residency, everything. And they're full on doctors. And they're like, I grew up in your show. <laughs> and I had to evolve outside of that and businesses and stuff. You know, it's funny, like even with starting a business, selling a thing and like looking at a chart and shit, like I'm still as absolutely stupid as I ever was. And I take so much pride in being like an adult man baby who now has the resources to actually help people. Like if you could be the stupidest and also like help putting people on, like it's so fire. So like I do show up to work. I will come through in the assless chaps. Not a joke. I will. It's not like I sold my company and then was like, ah, time to like unscrew the hairdo and turn on like this American life on NPR. This is incredible. I'm like still throwing water balloons filled with tahini and shit. Like I'm down. There's only so long you can do it publicly. Most of my stupidity is now at a 4th of July party where I'm completely dumbing out of my mind and like on mushrooms and doing God knows what. 
So I can't wait for this 4th of July, number one. But it's emotional intelligence, though. You can keep saying you're stupid all day long, but I'm like, I'm not book smart at all. But I have other types of intelligence. I know how to make a decision. I know who's shady and who isn't. There's not enough taught about different types of intelligence. Totally. You got to also stay young and stay playful. And also trash spotting is a good call. That is like a highly underrated EQ skill. That's like real deal. Because like people are bad at trash spot. They really are. They're like, he seems great. And I'm like, I don't think he seems great. I actually think he might be actually full trash. Lower sunglasses. <laughs> like I feel you. I have that skill also. And I would rather teach my kid that than like him learn like what is a fucking parallelogram? What is that? And like, frankly, he's going to be able to do whatever he wants because hopefully soon, which is what we're trying to do with the future thing is like, you should be able to like do literally whatever you want and work wherever you want with whoever you want. You're going to need someone to help you and it requires real tools. You can't just like float around and do whatever you want. But like, who knows? I feel like the future is fire. Honestly, like he could be, I don't even know, like, what is he going to do for a living? Does your 12 year old think you're lit or does she think you're like total? Does she think you're like a snooze? No, she definitely thinks I'm lit. She's now watching my show. So now that she's watching it, she's just like, Mom, you're so pretty. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I? <laughs> yeah, Am I? You think yeah. so? I mean, I was. I was. You think I was? And she's like, Mom, you realize that you begged a guy in the show. You said, like, pick me, choose me, love me. She's like, what were you thinking? And I'm like, well, I actually didn't write that. Right. <laughs> and there's a good lesson in that, in right. that I really fought that scene, didn't want to do it, and ended up being one of the most iconic moments of that show. So it's like what I instinctually thought was, like, weak and, like, beg a dude, like, what? That moment hit for so many women around the world, shows in like 198 countries, right? I could go to Brazil, I could go anywhere, and that's the meme on TikTok, and that's the pick me, choose me, love me, and it's like, wow, that resonated with women. So she thinks you're lit, that's sick, because that's what I want. Wait, do a lot of people have Pompeo tattoos, or like Dr. Gray tattoos? I've seen some tattoos. Hell yeah what I'm talking about. You know, it's kind of wild. It's like something I resisted, something I didn't think I wanted to do. And it just turned out to be this thing that's bigger than any one person. Look, I've seen the show, but I just want to put it on record. I'm actually just a fan of the Pompeo personal brand. I think that celebs, and you know more sick celebs than I do, but like, I think they're fucking boring. Most of them that I've met have been boring. In fact, the most fun people I've met are like YouTubers but when you meet like a top grade celebrity, they're like kind of a snooze. Now, again, like I'm not in Oprah's Fertile Ass Garden. So like what Brad Pitt is doing there, I'm not 100% sure. You know, at some of these parties that I actually get the nod to, they're just not really going hard. But like you pulled up Beyonce's fucking lap, like your fit was fire. I'm a Pompeo fan on the personal. I might just get an Ellen Pompeo tattoo. No, don't do that. You don't know the tattoos. <laughs> like, Wait, what else do you have? No one has stupider tattoos. Like, this tattoo just says mom's spaghetti with a plate of spaghetti. Do you have the same person do them? No, let me tell you, I could not be more the opposite. So I bought a tattoo gun. I would let you give me a tattoo 1000%. Paris Hilton has given me like three tattoos. Like this is just mom in the monster energy font. That was done by a professional. Uh-huh. I have like the Snapchat go skiing. Do you see how poorly done that is? That was done by like an actual blackout drunk man who's like on a lot of Wellbutrin. You got like prison tattoos. Yes. I'm super into pop culture. Like if Kanye comes out with an album, I have to talk about it. And people are like, why are you 
you talking about that? Are you sober to rap? I'm not like a rap person. Like I couldn't recite any of Pusha's lyrics or anything. Okay. I did just watch an interview with him and Charlemagne today, but I like culture. I like pop culture. I like hip hop culture. I'm fascinated by, like you, people who aren't boring. Hold on, hold on. Back up, back up. You're not going to tell me you're not a rap person when you watched a Pusha T and Charlemagne interview this morning? <laughs> no, I'm not like that into rap, but I watched like, stop. You're now officially a rapper. I, <laughs> I have a tattoo on my leg that just says rap music. And frankly, I didn't watch a Pusha T and Charlemagne interview this morning. So like, you hip hop. Do you watch like trash reality? Where does this pop culture spectrum go? Well, I'm into music. I like music. I'm not so into reality TV so much. I do watch 90 Day Fiance. I think that show is like a train wreck. I don't understand the personality disorders. It's fascinating to me as like, I guess the actor in me, I love to watch people with personality disorders. It's like all these people in the United States get completely taken by super poor people in other countries. Clearly, they think they're madly in love with someone they've never met. That's kind of crazy to me. That show is incredible. And also what's funny now, I'm just addicted to buying cameos from those people. I don't know like how familiar you are with the characters, but like my favorite character on FISA, who's just like the number one personality disorder mental patient who made like a clinically obese guy who owned like a chain of vape stores think that she was in love with him and then just like got her lips done and like went berserk and like would hit him. I'm buying cameos from her at all times. First of all, she got a quick turnaround. I'll buy you an Anfisa cameo right now to tell you anything. I'll have her to make plans. She'll be like, it's this Anfisa from 90 Day Fiance. Like, do you want to have lunch on Friday? And then I'll send it to like one of my friends. That's how I invite them to literally go out to dinner is through a 90 Day Fiance character. I've spent way too much money on these cameos. I think I'm now supporting her lifestyle. You kind of have like a super campy sense of humor. But like what's coming to mind is like John Waters. I grew up watching Female Trouble and Blue Velvet and all those crazy like David Lynch, John Waters movies. You have that campy sensibility that I just love that's not boring. I appreciate that. Were you into any of that stuff? Yes. So my mom is like super loose with the like one frame of the glass is yellow, one is purple, some chunky jewelry like made of garbage being like, you could be anything you want, anything you want, please do it. And up until I was like 12, you know, it's funny, I've talked about this before, like I kind of aged in reverse. I sort of Benjamin buttoned because up until 12, I was like a middle-aged gay man. I'm not kidding, like impeccably dressed. I was very particular about shoes and I would hang out with my mom and was like really judgy and was like, what's her deal? Is she still <laughs> drinking? But I was like nine and like wearing khakis. I was basically like a 50-year-old gay architect living in Chelsea, owns the most amount of leather-bound books in like a sun-splashed Chelsea brownstone when I was like 10. But then I sort of like aged into this adult, ridiculous man clown. I got way less tasteful as time went on. So like my Benjamin Button journey has been wild. But yes, I was raised around basically all just gay men screaming at me. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I've only wanted to be gay forever. And Lord knows I've tried. Shout out to Skidmore. Actually, some good experimentation. But <laughs> it hasn't been in me. Honestly, I was never trying to have sex with women. But this is my curse. Right. I want to kick it with you, man. I want to come down there and hang out for real. That's where you live full time, Miami. Do you miss New York? No, I go back to New York three days a week. 
I commute to New York. Shut up. That is very fancy shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm flying commercial, so like I'm not keeping it like too fucking full-blown rich house style. However, I have a slutty glass apartment there. And so I don't have to like pack any luggage. I go Tuesday morning to Thursday night. My wife is like, get out of my face. Like no one needs to be together seven days a week. I'm like 40 years old, still trying to like smoke cigarettes on the street with my friends. And she's like, you're pathetic. She's like, go do that. And then like, come back and like, let's make some content, you know? So like, it's actually working really nicely. Obviously you live in LA. I live in LA. Yeah. My kids are in school, you know, 10 months out of the year. But as soon as they go on summer break, I always leave and go to the East Coast. I hit New York, Hamptons, Bahamas. Like I just need East Coast after being on the West Coast all year. I go to the Bahamas like sometimes twice a year. I just went to Bahamar like two weeks ago. No, I love it. I love the Bahamar. Those water slides are so fun. Your kid's going to go crazy for those. Don't get me started. Because here's the thing, Atlantis, which I love because I like smoking cigarettes in the casino and like watching like NFL players I've never heard of gamble way too much money on blackjack with like a disinterested hot girl like sitting there. <laughs> I love that. But their slides are like, eh. But I had always repped for Atlantis. And then I went to Bahamar and like my wig flew because their water slides are no joke. And I always say that like one day maybe I'll retire and become the water slide guy because that job is sick. Just stand there and like give permission to like hit a shred slide. Like I visited Anna Nicole Smith's grave. She's buried there. I'm like a huge fan. I have like tattoos of her on my back. I try to go like once, twice a year. People sleep on Bahamas. It's very slutty. I love the Bahamas. Yeah, totally. I'm with you. Well, I'm in LA all the time. My wife's from there. I love it. You know, so I'm around. Oh, amazing. Yeah, let's get up. Super fun. Honestly, this was like fun. Podcasts are like, there's a lot of them and they're kind of snoozy, but like this was popping. Thank you. People like you make it fun. Big kiss. Love to the baby and the wife. Let's get up soon. Pompeo, good shit. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 